Um, all right, we're going to start with a prayer, and then uh, we're going to have a skit immediately following the, the prayer, and then we'll jump into the, the presentation. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to, I want to thank you for camp so far, and Lord, I just want to thank you for, for your mercy, uh, for the moving of your spirit, for, for just really feeling his presence already. Lord, we pray that, uh, that you would speak this morning. Uh, Father, feel inadequate to the task um, of the subject matter, and, uh, and so just pray that you would, through all of us, Give us a better grasp of, of, of the consequences of something so subtle as, as just uh, talking. Uh, so, Father, we, we turn it over to you and, and pray that, uh, that you would do the speaking. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for having us over. Yeah. You're welcome. It's been so long since we've been all types of gossip you picked up on there. Obviously, we're all chuckling, heads nodding, everyone laughing as we were uh, hearing some of this. And ironically, this is based on almost a true story. We, uh, we happened to be with some friends, and, uh, and somebody was hard of hearing. And all of a sudden, you watch the story get twisted around. Uh, and just totally, in, in, non-intentionally, but got twisted around, and you could just imagine if, if nobody would have corrected the situation, what would have happened as people started sharing what they thought they heard instead of what they really heard. Um, with gossip, we, uh, well, we're going to go to the next slide. Uh, and really, even though it's funny, uh, 
and we were chuckling at the skit. This is what the survey said. Um, the third one really hit me. The scars and the loss will never go away on this earth, and I struggle with it every day. Uh, I, I'm not the most emotional person in the world, but uh, um, yeah, I almost started choking up when I really considered, when I saw it for the first time. Uh, the, uh, I don't know, sometimes I think maybe we don't realize the implications of what we do. And, uh, and it's funny, and we laugh, and we had a great time as, as the situation really unfolded when, uh, when we were having dinner with friends and kind of, it just, it was compounding and it was hilarious. Uh, but the reality of, of what can happen when gossip goes astray, when, the, when words go astray, is, is pretty profound. And I just wanted to kind of lay it out there um, as far as what can happen. So just as a little bit of background, some of you might have, if you're friends of Leanne, or friends of friends of Leanne on Facebook, you would have gotten uh, a request to fill out a web survey on SurveyMonkey uh, a few months back. And as part of that survey, we asked a series of questions. And, um, and got over 100 responses within the first day, uh, which was great. And, um, and so what we've done is taken a lot of the, 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 the questions that we asked required people to not just check off um, uh, a right or wrong or a one to five type thing, but actually just type in uh, a response. And so we've taken full responses in most cases and just plugged them in where they, where they fit. Um, we've also took a look at the Bible and, and identified uh, what the Bible says about uh, gossip. And the Bible never actually says gossip. It's not in the Hebrew or in the Greek. Um, but there are words that are. Uh, and the words are whisperer, slanderer, talebearer, um, and the one that's probably our favorite, busybody. Those are the words that relate. And they're all really interrelated. Uh, busybody is probably the one that's most distinct. Uh, the, the, the idea of a slanderer, a whisperer, and a talebearer are pretty intertwined, and you'll see some definitions. Um, and if you grab a, a copy of the presentation and you look at the definitions more closely, you'll see that they're pretty intertwined. Uh, so. We're going to start with the, the idea of a slander or a whisper. Uh, I'm going to do the, uh, I'll do the, the kind of the, the little bit of talking about the subject. Leanne is, is for the sake of everybody and for the sake of the tape, is going to read the responses from folks. Um, so you can, uh, you can also listen and read. Slander or a whisper. Um, I don't know if, how many of you have been there. Has anybody ever really hurt you? with what they said, and you, and you really want them to get a taste of it themselves. And so part of, of what you say about somebody is to get back at them um, because of what you've been hurt. So the idea of revenge or retribution, um, I'm going to hurt you because you've hurt me. Um, I don't like you. I don't agree with you. All kind of the idea of, a, of slandering somebody, of intentionally going out to hurt them with what you say. Uh, this is what the Bible says about that. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Um, James says, Speak not evil one of another. Um, he that speaketh of his evil, speaketh evil of his brother, and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law. Uh, we have uh, about a whisper, a forward man soweth strife. A whisper separates friends. Romans 129, this one's pretty powerful. Uh, Romans chapter 1 is, is, if you recall that passage, 
that's when the Apostle Paul is really focusing in on the folks that, uh, that chose not to believe in God when they had the chance. Um, and he says he basically leaves them to their own devices and to the things that, that they're going to do. And, one of the, and these are the, Romans 129 is the list, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness. They're full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity. Oh, and by the way, whisperers as well. So I don't know if you ever thought of gossip about intentionally just going out and saying things that are going to hurt people to put them in the same, in the same sentence with murder and fornication. Um, it seems kind of like, whoa, one's way up here, one's way down here, but God sees them the same. Someone from church reprimanded me not too long ago, and I ran to told several allies about it, obviously with great bias against that person. Less than a week later, though, that person came and apologized for approaching me that way. I regret the way I handled that situation very much. There was a rumor spread that I had slept with a guy from church, and I was crushed. This person later admitted she was jealous that the guy liked me and not her. It was very childish, but scarred me. I have said negative things because in that moment of hurt, I thought it would bring me comfort. But as I look back each time, my guilt was worse than the pain they placed on me. And I just prayed to the Lord for forgiveness and hoped that person didn't hear what I said because I didn't really need it. I wanted revenge. I wanted the other person to feel the pain I felt. But in the end, it made nothing better. It just made things worse. Yeah. And these were all anonymous. Uh, and I wanted revenge because of what somebody did to me. Um, I don't know have, you know. have we felt that way? Of course, as a girl, I think we tend to struggle more with this. In anger, where a guy might throw a punch, most girls will trash each other's reputations. Sad to say in the past, I've taken part in doing the trashing as well as being hurt by it. What, what caught me, and, and just also just to share, we didn't, Leah and I didn't read books and didn't do a ton of like, research about what society says about gossip. Um, we just kind of talked about it because we figured we've done it enough ourselves, um, unintentionally or maybe intentionally, but also looked at what the Bible said and then really tried to consider what's happening. Um, it's interesting in these situations they were really falling back on an eye for an eye. I've been hurt. I want to pay it back. Um, you know, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Uh, we know that. We just don't do it. Matthew 18. The truest form of Matthew 18 is if somebody hurts me, I'm supposed to go talk to them. Um, I know how difficult it is. I'm sure the, anybody ever approached somebody because, they've been, because you've been offended or hurt. Anybody uh, that you've approached, just accept it graciously and you became continued as best of friends right off the bat. You know, I know the people that I've approached because of offense took it very hard. It's not easy to do. You lose a friend. I remember hearing a quote that I went to, um, I went to save a brother and I lost a friend um, with regards to this. And, uh, and so it's much easier to, to just say things about them rather than actually confront them. Uh, this is, if you Google town crier, actually this is off of Flickr, but if you go off of and go, town crier, you know, before they had the newspapers, right, they had somebody making the announcements. Um, the tail bearer. Uh, this is great because there, we know people like this. Maybe we don't do anything about it, but it's, man, I'm going to take the truth and I'm going to just stretch it 
I'm going to find the scandal in a situation and then share it. And, and some people are, are good at it. Um, and that's what they thrive on for some reason. Um, Proverbs, the words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. This, is one, this one's good. Again, uh, Proverbs 26.20, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. I was almost sure it was true, so I told other people about it. It ended up blowing up in my face, because not only did that group to which I spread the information come back to confront me about the lie, but the person I gossiped about came up to me too, hurt. I was completely embarrassed and felt so guilty. People are very quick to share news, especially when it involves something a little scandalous. There have been times I've shared something I heard with someone I wasn't close to, and that person just forwarded the information to anyone with an open ear. I was really sorry that I lacked the discretion and didn't think about who I was sharing the information with, and that I had such a big mouth and said something I didn't even know was true. Interesting uh, situation where visiting uh, friends at a church, and you know, someone comes up to me and says, "So, how is so and so doing?" and uh, and I was honest. Well, you know, so-and-so isn't coming to church anymore. I think they've got some struggles. You could really pray for them. Uh, they could really use it. And uh, it's a tough situation. Didn't get into too much detail, but shared the truth. Uh, I got back to church. The next week, next week or two, this was a while ago, the next week or two, the person that I had mentioned came back to church, extremely upset at me uh, because I had shared that about them. You know, part of the whole prayer thing, and I, I learned a valuable lesson. 1A, don't talk to that person about anything of any significance ever again. Step one. <laughs> uh, burn me once, not twice. Uh, but uh, the other aspect that I, that I learned is really being aware of, of who you're asking to pray for things being cognizant of the spiritual character of the person you're talking to, and being careful of what you're saying to them. The interesting thing with tail-bearing is uh, that I was questioning myself on. And so for the, for the sake of, of telling a good yarn or of, of, of making something sound good, how far can I stretch the truth? Uh, I come back think about this. At the end, I'd like to, to talk about it a little bit. But how much, how much can you, the truth be stretched? before it's no longer the truth. Uh, and do we ever do it? Well, if we're putting away lying, speak every man's truth with his neighbor, for he remembers one, one of another. Busybody, this is, this is actually a sculpture called The Gossipers. <laughs> um, the, uh, the idea behind here is maybe the classic form of gossip. This is idle chit-chat, uh, chattering, meddling, uh, as Leanne and I were discussing uh, what, what gossip was and, and what are the different types of gossip, you ever been in a situation where you're filling in space uh, in a, at a table or whatever, or, or you're with friends and it's kind of quiet, and so people, somebody just starts talking about stuff, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you're talking about people? Uh, it's filling in space. Uh, it's... it's it's trying to be the center of attention or, or, or strengthen a relationship by sharing things about other people. On some level, 
I have to say, I've seen people, and, and shame on me that I haven't dealt with it, but I've seen people that, that it's really gotten to a point where it's an, a truly unhealthy focus on, on the issues of other people. Uh, that, that I thrive and I get my sense of self-worth by talking about other people. Um, don't know why that is exactly. Uh, is it, is it, and maybe we can share this, is it, is it the fact that, that, that I have a low self-esteem or I've got issues on my own and now I, am, uh, I build myself up by digging up the dirt on other people and sharing it and I feel better about myself? Uh, I don't know. Timothy is the classic uh, chapter and the, cha- the classic verse. And with Timothy 5.13, and with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers, tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. The Apostle Peter, in 1 Peter 4.15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. And these are funny, by the way. Most of my gossiping has been with close friends, and I expect to keep it in the circle. So if you, just, if you think about that, actually, step back and consider what's really being said, it's... it's <coughs> I don't honestly need to. I just hear a piece of knowledge that I find interesting or surprising, and I want to talk to my friends about it. We talk to their friends, and they talk to their friends, and so on. The famous ACC Baba Hotline. <laughs> Anyone that is a member and of parenting age has been a victim of gossip. Shake your mother's hand too long, you're getting married. <laughs> I am guilty of repeating gossip without checking the details or using requests for prayer so I can bring out someone's wrongdoing rather than reach out to that person and pray for them. And you heard it in the, uh, in the skit. Let's pray for that person. I try not to, but everyone does sometimes. Not that it makes it acceptable. I usually gossip about the latest news, who's engaged to who, and stuff like that. I definitely think gossip is much worse when it comes to the ladies in church because I see and hear it so often. The one verse that came to my mind, or the, the passage, was Matthew 7, where people are really focused on other people instead of themselves. Um, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to a brother, let me pull out the mote that is out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see more clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Um, so, the background on gossip and what the Bible says, kind of what we heard from the survey, uh, we, the idea of busybody, the idea of the people that are focused and zooming in, always looking uh, for the scandal, for the thing that they can talk about, um, the idea of whispering, of, of tail-bearing. Um, you know, Leanne and I, and it's, it's, it's prevalent. Leanne and I went and visited uh, somebody recently, went over to their house, and we're talking about churches that we haven't been to yet, suggested that we might visit a church. Uh, and, and ironically, the people that we visited aren't even from our church. Okay. Uh, but the word all of a sudden came out that, uh, that, well, there's all kinds of issues there, and so-and-so is left, and there's problems, and, and we're like shocked. We didn't, we didn't hear any of this. Gossip. 
Uh, uh, but we didn't hear any of this yet. Uh, nothing's, haven't heard anything about this uh, through any official channels or anything. Got to camp and, uh, and actually you know, went up to somebody who would know about the situation, asked them, and they said, well, it's about maybe, a, of everything that I shared with them, they said it's about quarter true. So, I mean, talk about gossip and talk about how much, how fast it gets around in our circles or even just within our relationships, even with, outside of our church, and, and the effect that it could have. I mean, some of the stuff that we heard was horrible. And if, if we would have started sharing that or if, if that's really getting around, that's horrible stuff. Um, so some of it's pretty obvious. Uh, the, the part that I want to talk about, I'm sure that people here have some questions about, and I want to hear what you think, um, and we'll pass the mic um, as you raise your hand, is the gray areas as well, because there's some gray areas here. Uh, the first one, uh, this is what one, uh, one person who responded to the survey wrote, it's a slippery slope. Some consider it gossip, even if you are sharing concerns about someone. Is it gossip if you're sharing concerns about individuals who are causing disruptions in the church? Can brethren, share brethren, can brethren share concerns about their brethren? Is that gossip? What do you think? Anybody have a thought? Is this gossip? I, I don't have an answer yet, by the way, so I'm hoping we formulate an answer together so you can't be wrong. It, it, it goes back to what you were saying about who you were talking to. And this is a person that's very spiritual and you're sharing spiritual concerns with them with the desire to pray for them and for, for help in the church. Then it's different. But if you're just talking about concerns about people without really caring or, or they're not spiritual, like what you had said earlier, about who are you talking to, being discerning about who you're speaking to about. Did everybody hear that? Um, the, the, the answer, or the mic's not working great, the answer was it depends on who you're talking to and what your motive is in a nutshell, right? Uh, anybody else? I think uh, many years ago I heard, like, in, uh, I don't know if it's a forum or a youth group or something, basically said that if you're not part of the solution, when you're sharing information, you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem, and that's gossip. So, but, okay, in that context, is this gossip? If you're sharing concerns about each other. Well, just like our lesson this morning, it's like we would confess one to another, but there's that second part, and pray to one another, and I think that's the easy part to kind of leave off. We love all this confessing amongst ourselves and that, but then where's the prayer part? So, okay. Good. Anybody else? I think the way it's written there, I would say no, as long as, uh, like you said before, it depends on who you're sharing with and how it's received. I think how it's received is when it can be turned into gossip. So, the, the statement was that how it's written there, in her opinion, is not gossip. What it comes down to is it depends on who you're sharing it with and how it's received. And I was also going to say, if... To speak loud, too. If um, we'd have very little we can communicate with if we classify everything as gossip. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, I would never contradict my wife, but... <laughs> depending what that situation is... If, if we saw a concern in a brother, you know, in the spirit of Matthew 18 and other, and other biblical teachings, we, we should approach that brother or sister directly, one-on-one. -on -one. There may be a situation where that brother either is not responding, and you may consult with someone on how to help, and it may involve others or a group for some sort of intervention or, or some further help with that, with that brother. But, you know, in the spirit of many biblical teachings, 
we should be approaching someone directly if there's some concern and something we see in the Anybody else on this subject? McGregor, in the back. I think if what Brother Allen said is really key, and that is, if you haven't talked to that person first, it is gossip. And with the finest intention, if you haven't talked to the brother or sister first, I think it's gossip. If you haven't talked to that brother or sister first, it's gossip. <laughs> I want to throw this question out there. What do people think about creeping each other's Facebooks? Well, wait a minute, we won't get there yet. <laughs> because that's a problem. That's next. What about, what about talking to your husband or wife? about somebody. Is that gossip? No, we are one. <laughs> yes, I just had a question. If you look in the scripture, like in Galatians, when Paul confronted Peter, he's writing this in a letter. This is not, you know, it's not just the people that were in that circumstance, and that's not a good thing to say. And so, you know, we have examples where people had to be confronted. I think, Brother Bob, your example there were, was this was already public knowledge, and so Peter knew about this, and he knew when Paul confronted him. The one example that you had on the slide there about sharing who's engaged, that shouldn't be gossip. We should be rejoicing. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Unless, of course, our motive is, can you believe it? So-and-so's engaged? Uh, that's disaster. Or, you know, uh, you know it, so it comes really down to motive. The other week, uh, I approached somebody, and I was looking for advice. I, I, I approached another elder about a specific issue. And before I said anything, he said, oh, you're talking about so-and-so. So it became knowledge to him as well. And I didn't want to reveal any names, but I wanted to know how to handle this issue. So I think one, th unless it's very obvious to, the, to everybody, it, it's sort of tricky, but I think there's a lot of young people that don't want to make a mistake in how they approach a situation, so they look for guidance on how to deal with the situation. And if you do that, but don't mention names, say, I have an issue with this... With this problem, how should I handle this problem? Don't even bring in names. And that will give you some guidance on how to go about without bringing names and then attaching stigmas and so forth to the people. I was just going to say, since I have the mic here, um, a lot of times it, the raw information, transitioning that from one person to another is not the big deal. Oh, Joe Smith lost a job. Oh, but he's lazy? And he doesn't dress well, and he always has, you know, body odor. And so we, it's the embellishment of our interpretation and our analysis that really becomes a, the huge problem. I just have a question. Uh, in Titus, Paul talks to, uh, Tim, uh, to Titus there, and he's telling him, he says, about the Cretans, he says, they're always liars, they're evil, be, evil bees, slow bellies. And he says, this witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply. So... I think that in some ways, um, sometimes when we see things that are possibly not true or right about uh, if somebody's doing something that's wrong or whatever, not to go gossip and tell people about it, but take these things in that people are telling you possibly. Instead of sharing it to other people, uh, just watch yourself and keep yourself from that instead of spreading it even further. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. 
So I think it does go back to the motive at the heart of it, of the seven things that the Lord hates. You know, the seventh is an abomination. It's he that soweth discord among the brethren. And when we think about all of these motives and things that we add or subtract, I think God really is looking at, are you looking to sow discord? Are you looking to tear down or are you looking to build up? If we back up for a second and, and consider the idea of a, of a whisper or a slander, I threw out some, uh, some reasons that, that we thought of that, that we've heard as to why that happens. Um, any other reasons or any other things that you've identified or that you've run into or that have happened to you personally that, that are reasons for, for why people do this? Why do people... It, the solutions on some level is pretty easy, or you're, you're not, not the solution, but the, the fact that we're not supposed to is, is pretty straightforward. Understanding what it is and then understanding why. Why we go about doing it. Why do people tail, tail bear or, or slander others? might not be that obvious to the person, but maybe they like the attention of people listening to them, like, oh, so-and-so's got the scoop, you know. I, I don't think it's right in the front of our minds, but I think in the back, we're like, yeah, we like that. I think it's a subtle way of raising yourself up. Put somebody else down, you feel better, that you're better than they are. Not good. Um, I remember once I had an, an issue with somebody who had done something that had really, really offended me. And I was really struggling to forgive that person. So I was talking to one of my friends about it and asking her to pray for me um, that I could forgive him. And um, when God was able to work in my heart and I was able to forgive him, I realized that, yes, I wanted her to pray for him or for me, but um, I also wanted that person to look really bad in my friend's eyes. I really, I just... You know, I gave her the details, and I think a main part of the reason I was telling her was because I just wanted to get revenge in that way, just to make him look really bad. And, um, yes, I was asking for prayers, but for the wrong reasons. I think possibly another reason is just a pattern of behavior, habitual. You're not even thinking about it. Um, much as the skit portrayed, you know, some people get together and that's natural. I remember uh, I had somebody that, that I knew growing up who was extremely athletic, could make friends on a dime, you know, just like this, uh, very popular. And, uh, and I was jealous. Oh, you're totally honest. You're envious. It just seemed wrong that somebody could do that. And, and here's me. Uh, and, and I'm not that, in that, at least in my own eyes. Uh, and as I got older, uh, you know, I went to school, and I was, even a, I was a Christian at the time, and, um, and I'd seen this person, his, his life fell apart. And in the guise of sharing that we should be praying for him, that, that we should help him, um, you know, I realized that in a similar way, my own motives were to just kind of flag how he looked compared to me now. Um, and, and in some way to put him down. To squash him 
compared to myself. Um, something that, that happened long ago that I didn't really, not something I confessed or confronted him with when I was younger, when I was converting, didn't even occur to me at the time. But yet, later, later on, when I'm, I'm an adult, for crying out loud, um, and it strikes me that this is what I was doing. I don't know, you know, it, it's it, subtleties, habit, but, but on some level, it is, man, it is so subtle this issue. I don't know. Anybody else have, have? I don't know the verse. <laughs> uh, but if you're led by the Spirit of God, they are the son the Bible says that they're the sons of God. But I don't that's not referring to just men only, right? Women have the spirit too. So it goes both ways. I I think if we would take some time to, to reflect on, on the exponential damage that, that gossip causes. You know, uh, James in the scripture paints this picture of us walking around with a, with a live flame in our hand in a, in a world of dry brush. You know, and every time we, we say something amiss with our, our tongue, we touch that flame to the ground. You know, and, that, and, it, and it just spreads. You said the world is set on fire of it. You know, it's... it's, it's and, and I think it's so ingrained in us. We do it so naturally. We, we, we never notice we do it. But if we would think of, you know, the amount of damage that can be done and how it spreads and 10 people tell 10 people and 10 people, and, and it's, it, it's just unbelievable the amount of damage it can cause. We've kind of talked about this one already, is sharing a situation about somebody with somebody in the hopes that they can give you advice, gossip. Uh, kind of heard is if we're not mentioning names and we're really sincere um, about it, that it's, it's not necessarily gossip. Is that true, right? Um, the dilemma, as, as we heard, is when we start to em embellish and add details that aren't at all relevant to the situation. Sharing spiritual concerns about somebody amongst each other gossip. Um, you know, Brother Bob, you have to approach the person first, you said. And I think Matthew 18 is always the remedy for uh, taking care of difficulties. I think it's also important to really prepare yourself to approach that person because you could go in righteous, you know, anger or whatever and, and approach this person. But if you didn't actually ask God to speak to you, how do I approach this person? You could actually really damage a relationship. So, yes, you should go, but it's your responsibility to to study the situation, to ask God to help you be sensitive to that person, because our ultimate goal is for restoration. If you're not restoring that person, then that's another problem. You had up on the board earlier about when does some, sharing something become a lie, 
if we're embellishing something that's been told to us and we're adding things to it, then it becomes a lie. As soon as you stretch it, it's no longer the truth. The reality, that's the, that's the given. Um, Just telling your husband about what you heard so-and-so did with some friends last week, gossip. So for the married folks, how do you deal with this? Because I'm the outgoing person in our family, I often hear a lot of things that my husband doesn't hear. And uh, um, sometimes I really have to think, do I share this or not? Because I don't want him to become biased against that person. And sometimes I think there's a real chance for that. And he's going to have to deal with these people. So I often keep things to myself. of us that have responsibility, special responsibility in the church, some that need to depend on our wife because they are more sensitive in noticing when there's a problem. He said that because he has the, the men have the responsibility in the church, that often they need to depend upon their wives because they're more sensitive to some issues and see things happening before it's too late. Often by the time it comes to those who are irresponsible in the church, the issue has developed to a point where it is much more difficult to deal with. Off for a moment. Yep. So what everybody doesn't know is that we've got eyes and ears everywhere looking at you, <laughs> those of us who are ministers. And, I mean, we laugh, um, but it, on some level it's, it's very true. That, and that's why I, the question becomes actually more kind of relevant, is that, um, you know, my wife is my confidant. Um, I, I would propose that all of us on some level have roles and responsibilities in church. Um, and having a second set of ears that identifies, because I can be pretty clueless at times about issues. Um, I'm the classic guy. Uh, and, and it really helps to have Lee and say, hey, by the way, there's a potential issue here. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, and then I look at him like, oh, I guess there is. <laughs> um, but I didn't ever even saw it. Um, now, that's from a minister's point of view or from an elder's point of view. It's, it's slightly different. But we've all got roles. Uh, we've all got levels of ministry on, on some level or another. So where does it become gossip, or is it ever gossip, or is it always gossip? I mean, we've heard some, which I, I really appreciate. 
uh, maybe what might help uh, in answering that question, um, because I, I think that a picture of a church that doesn't talk about, like a church where no one's talking about anyone else, is might not be healthy <laughs> either. So, um, But I think something that might help is uh, thinking about how, let's say, um, parents talk to each other about their children, right? It's it's for love. It's a loving way. And, like, that would never be considered gossip, right? Gossiping about your own children. Um, it's always with the intent to, to try and uh, see how you can most effectively be present in that situation and and work something for the better. And maybe that, that's a, an appropriate model to to think about. Um, I think um, <clears throat> if my wife wanted to share something, obviously, with me that she heard, obviously, I think it's gossip right away because I'm just another person. Uh, I, I know we are one, Ron. <laughs> um, no, it's easy to fall into that trap. I confess that myself. Obviously, it's easy to fall into that trap. It's your wife. You know there's no kind of harm there, but it does fester kind of different feelings towards maybe that person. But I guess my question is, what if something happened to her specifically to her and you know it involved her and as a husband she just wants to share it with me maybe take it off her heart um or asking maybe how to deal with it or so forth you know if if, if our spouses are sharing something with us because they were actually involved in the situation is it still gossip no Well, I, I had two conversations this week. I mean, I had several, but I had two, and, and they were basically about the same issues. And one, I walked away, and I, I felt, like, disgusted with myself because I got sucked into the, the discussing the issues on the more of the scandalous side. And my other conversation was the same issues, but it was about how um, God was teaching us things through these situations and how it was a per- pertaining to ourselves. So when we used examples from other people's experience, it was all in relation to strengthening and encouraging ourselves. And I walked away, and I, I turned to, I told Ron about it. Um, we are one, but he doesn't know, like, you know, sometimes there's plus and minuses. Um, and, I, and I said to him, I said, you know what, like, that was fellowship. That was so edifying. I'm so strengthened. I'm so encouraged. The other person's encouraged. You don't even know how you're encouraging other people. We were discussing the same exact things, but one was more about, like, you know, can you believe it, as opposed to, like, yes, can you believe it, like, what God is doing right now, and I think that, in that case, it's not, because I was, like, that was, like, fellowship in all caps. I'll just share my personal tenet in in all conversations with all people, um, is that I always ask myself, if there's no net benefit to either myself or someone else, I probably should not say it. And that net benefit, you have to weigh and be honest with yourselves because a lot of things um, we rationalize and justify, oh, yeah, there's a benefit to it. But the reality is if there's no net benefit or positive direction to the comment or conversation, I probably shouldn't have it. So one of the things that we mentioned is in Matthew 18, but that specific scripture is dealing if somebody has a personal issue with you, of sins against you. Uh, there are times, you know, I, I appreciate the example about the children, uh, that Darlene and I would share something, and she is more um, 
it's better for her to deal with that particular instance with one of the relationships with the children um, rather than me. And sometimes the reverse is true. And so we have to discern at times who needs to approach this. It's not because the children have sinned against us. There's a concern there. And I've noticed that as well, in, even in the body of believers, is that if we recognize a concern, it's not specifically addressed to us. We shouldn't just not do anything about it, but maybe God is not calling us to go directly to that individual, especially if we don't have a relationship with that individual. If we know somebody who does have a relationship and is closer to that person, we may be able to share our concern with them. Again, what is our motive? Our motive is for restoration or make sure that our concern maybe is not real, and that's great. But if it is real, that uh, that person who is spiritually mature and closer to that individual may be able to assist. And I've had people approach me that way, and I've been oblivious. And I'm like, oh yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. And then the Lord was able to use that circumstance f- for me to help that individual, or vice versa. The things, there's a few other things we want to bring up. Um, but to wrap up and bring to closure what we've been talking about so far about some of the gray areas, uh, first and foremost, if somebody has hurt you, there is no excuse to be a tailbearer or to be a um, um, the word? slanderer, thank you, um, or a whisperer about the situation. Um, Matthew 18 is really clear. Um, we need to approach, if we have been hurt by somebody, we need to approach that person and talk to them about the fact that we've been hurt. Um, I don't know, I don't see any gray in that. It's not easy. We have to have the right motives. I go by the grace of God. If, it's only by the grace of God that I'm not in a similar situation. So I need to approach that person with that same mercy and the same hope of restoration. But I need to approach that person uh, to, re- to fix the relationship. Um, on some of the others, on the, the whole idea of busybody, the subtlety in it, if, as we're listening, I don't know if I'm sure everyone else has picked up on it, is motive. Um, that's such a subtle thing, is what is our motive? You know, my example is that the one that I gave where I was slandering somebody to a certain extent, was not, I didn't recognize my motive at first. Um, I'd been hurt, and I didn't even recognize I'd been hurt for a while until I started doing it, and then all of a sudden stepped back and said, wait a minute, I, I've been hurt by this issue, and I haven't dealt with it, and I'm like making the person look bad. Um, so what is our motive? It becomes a really key in this. Um, the idea of loving, as was brought up, is, is a powerful thing. Um, but kind of in, in today's society, we have this interesting issue that's starting to come up. Um, and I'm not sure how healthy it is. I guess time is going to tell. Um, and I wanted to spend a little time just chatting about this. Uh, it's the issue of Facebook, of social media, of Twitter. Um, Google's got their own version that I, I saw this morning. Uh, has been up for two weeks. It's called Google Plus, and they have 10 million signups uh, for their own version uh, of Facebook. So if somebody is posting stuff on Facebook about themselves and we share it with each other, are we gossiping? First of all, I think we need to uh, address the concept of discerning what we're going to put on Facebook in the first place. The amount of information you share there needs to be seriously um, 
curbed, I would say. Uh, I love Facebook. I'm, I'm on it regularly, but I use it to edify one another. I use it to, to send notes of encouragement to people. I use it to ask for prayers for specific things. I think, I think it can be a very useful tool. Um, but when you post things on there that, you know, you're opening yourself up to it, and, and it's, it's really your choice. It is gossip to talk about what somebody else posted on Facebook? I don't either. Um, some people lack the discernment or judgment about what they're putting on there. I really think you have to look at what they've posted and let's all be Christ-like. And just because they're misguided, you don't need to further that and be a part of it. And I really think that you should look at the content that you're passing on to other people. Brother Johnny t- touched on earlier, there's a lot of Facebook posts out there that people are posting to, you know, look at me. They're, they're grabbing attention. And like Siobhan said, it, we have to discern. We have to be Christ-like in what we, what we see and what we, how we respond to it. I think it goes back to what you had said before. It's really all about motive in a lot of situations. You know, if if somebody's posting it, yeah, they're okay with putting it out in public. But if you're going to share it with the intent to, oh, look at this, you know, look at what they're doing, then that's, that's negative. You know, Christ is not going to look down on that with a, you know, with a, an approving, with an improving view of us because we're not trying to help each other. We're not trying to lift each other up. It's bringing this person down even though they've decided to put it out there now is it technically gossip well you know whether it's technically gossip or not you know it doesn't matter what label you put on it you know it's not good for for us as believers to to do something negative um if we take a step back in this situation and and before facebook before somebody had the ability to post it to everybody right away, you know, what would the situation have been? I mean, what's the bigger, more global scenario behind this? Um, isn't so much about what other people are posting or what they're saying or what they're doing versus what we as individuals are doing about it. Um, it's much more so about me as the individual. I, okay, so we're bombarded with information every day. What do we do with that information? Um, it's, it's kind of a slightly bigger picture issue that, that you need to consider. Um, just one more comment over here from Brother Werner, and then I want to go in with some conclusions as well. 
you know, before Facebook and Twitter, there was the telephone, and before that, there were other things. I think in this whole subject, uh, we need to have principles that we live by, and I would suggest that the golden rule is probably one of the best uh, that we would do unto others as we would have them do unto you. And another one that came to mind is uh, what the Apostle Paul said in Acts. He said, and herein do I exercise myself that I would live always um, with the conscience void of offense before God and before man. And uh, one um, just a little bit of advice uh, that I've tried to exercise in my own life. If someone approaches me and says, I shouldn't be telling you this, then you stop them right away and tell them, don't. About, um, whoops, oops, one too much. We've talked about this. Um, it's just some, some quotes that people uh, put up as they were uh, as they were finishing the survey, a good rule of thumb may be, even if it's true, am I certain the person involved would not mind me talking about this? Um, My husband taught me this acronym to use and to think about if I find myself in a gossip situation. Think. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, necessary and kind. You know, I was, something that I'll never forget, um, where I was uh, in a situation where I was talking to, I was early 20s, I was talking to a brother who was four or five years older than me, um, and I was in the course of conversation starting to share a situation with him, uh, and the brother stopped me and said, is it going to help me or the situation to know what you're going to tell me? There was silence <laughs> as I was thinking about any possible way that I could spin this to make it helpful. <laughs> um, but in the end, I very quickly became you know, honest with myself and said no. And I stopped the conversation right then and there. Uh, do we have the courage to stop somebody? I mean, if you consider the potential positive impact we have if we stop somebody, Not only are we not hearing it, but the person that is trying to gossip is now stopped, and they're being forced to consider if they should do it again. It's a big impact right off the bat. Uh, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Ephesians chapter 4. Just to kind of end, uh, the thought that I wanted to end with, uh, okay, my motive How am I helping the situation? Why am I so interested in other people's issues? Uh, And the biggest one that, that as I was looking at this globally, that kept coming to the forefront is we are filling our time. Brother Dennis in in the the 30 to 40-year-old class said we're 84,000, 89,400 seconds a day. 86,400 seconds a day. And the clock resets itself every day. The time that we have, we never get back. Uh, And... What are we doing with our time? What should I be doing instead of whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus or the telephone or texting? What should I be doing instead? Um, I learned a lot from this. I hope you all did. Thank you so much for your sharing. Uh, May the Lord bless you for that.